Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, let's give Jesus a bigger praise. Amen. Come on, we lift Jesus higher. The Bible says if we lift Jesus higher, he'll draw all men unto himself. Amen. So let's get good at lifting Jesus up in church. Can I encourage you right out of the gate to uh, be in church early on Sundays, going into the fall. Let's get out of vacation mode. Can I have an amen or an oh me? Let's get out of vacation mode. Let's get here. Let's get here right on time. I'm, I, you know, sometimes pastors have to kind of tell it like it is a little bit. Right out of the gate, five people said amen. Because you're missing the best part, right? And, and the worship prepares you for the word. The water prepares you for the bread. Come on. So you just, you can't digest it all if you didn't get some of that water. Amen. Something good to drink. So it's kind of what's happening for you. And then plus what uh, the team does so well is we want to make sure that, I mean, think about your week. How often we just declare how good God is. You need to just, can we just give Jesus 20 minutes on Sunday morning? All we got. Can I have an amen? amen. Tell your face that you're receiving what I'm saying right now. Okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you're like, who is this guy? I'm Pastor Derek, by the way. I just want to welcome you to Connect Church if you're here for the first time. I usually don't chide the, the, the crowd right out of the gate, but <clears throat> I just was so encouraged by the worship this morning and so grateful that I get to come to a house and worship God with such excellence. And so can you give it up for Pastor Josh and his team? And just doing such a great job. So proud of you, son. Such a good job. All locations. He's got a, Pastor Josh has to, you know, mount teams at three locations and, and do just that everywhere. It's pretty amazing. So God is good. Amen. Well, um, so today, let me tell you a little bit more, a little bit more specific. Uh, this is Vision Sunday. And um, I'm not going to be talking about like the big vision of our church, which is to connect the disconnected. And our purpose statement is to take people on a life-changing spiritual journey. In many respects, that's what Jim and uh, Whitney just talked about. Pastor Jim and Whitney just talked about that. It's just we're really moving people from the street to the seat and then getting them to significance. In a nutshell, that's what we're doing. We're moving people. We're people movers. We are people movers here. Amen. But I, I want to talk to you about vision in this respect. I want to talk to you about a word for the season that we're in right now. Yeah. I, I, can, you, can you get a little Pentecostal with me this morning? Some of you, some of you don't need to, to, me to tell you that, but some of you might need to do that. I want you to open up a little bit, you know, stretch a little bit in your faith this morning. I want you to open up your spirit, uh, maybe open up your mouth a little bit, get a little nonverbal. You know, I think it's like about 78% of communication is nonverbal. So some of the things that you are communicating to people, you might not even realize. And so turn to your neighbor and say, how do I look? Is, am I communicating the right things right now? Does my face look like I'm excited to be in church right now? What do you think? Turn to your second choice. Say, how do I look? What do you think? How do I look? <laughs> I need to get you guys loosened up a little bit. We might have to have like a massage each other's shoulder break. I don't know, something like that. We're going to, no, some of the... Some people want that real bad. So I have, I have a now word, everybody. And I, I have something that I want to stick and stay with you past, you know, your restaurant visit this afternoon. I want something to get in your gut, in your spirit, man. You know, you're, you're a spirit being having a human experience. And God wants that part of you to rise up this morning. And so I told the team earlier in the week, I said, you know, last couple weeks I've been teaching on parenting 
But today I'm going to be preaching the vision. Amen. Amen. So I need, I need your help. I almost lost my voice completely in the last service. By the grace of God, it is there right now so you can pray for my voice. Let's do this. Let's pray. Can you just bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, I thank you for every person within the sound of my voice. I pray that you, first of all, protect my voice, use my voice, and may the words that come out of my mouth, Lord Jesus, be life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. I pray in Jesus' name that it be the word because the word is spirit and it is life i thank you lord knowing full well that there are people that are coming here today they don't just need a good experience they need an encounter with god some people don't just need a, the word they need power from god some people don't just need information they need inspiration i pray you bring it all to them in jesus name with the timely word and may they all have an apt reply in their hearts in their minds in their bodies and in their words and all the church said amen and amen praise the lord praise the lord come on give him praise give jesus praise i've been dwelling on this verse from the book of isaiah uh, for a couple weeks now because this this word that i'm bringing is a word for connect church but i, I think it's actually a word for the church but the, the lord said this he, he, he gave me this verse and I, you know, I'm still processing it, but it says, he's, I think he was saying this to me. The Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. And I, I just think that there's many of you that are here today that could be weary. You're tired. You're, 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 you know, it's not just physical exhaustion. It's emotional exhaustion. Coupled with that is discouragement. Uh, all the way to Depression all the way to even the point of despair, despair for even your own life. Some of you, a select few that might hear this or <clears throat> that are here right now. And I believe that there are some words of wisdom that I'm going to give you today that are going to help you and comfort you. And morning by morning, the Bible says, he awakens me and opens my understanding to his will. I pray that beyond today, each and every day, morning by morning, you get more out of this. This be like a time capsule that something is deposited in your spirit, but it keeps feeding you, yeah. nourishing you through the nights, nourishing you throughout the day, that you will have moments of divine recall because you're going to have a test and you're going to have a moment and you're going to need to recall this message in your life. Amen? Amen. I don't mean to overly exalt it, but I'm just being faithful uh, to say what he told me to say. Uh, I want to give you context for a story today. And the story is uh, one of my favorites in the Bible. It's taken from 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it's a story about one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I've actually done an entire series on his life in the past. I think I did an eight-week series on the life of David. Now, David, you guys, a lot of you know. Raise your hand if you know who I'm talking about. The David, the warrior king. Uh, David was, as you know, he was a young man, and he did the unthinkable. At a very early age, he killed a giant. He was just a little boy, young man, you say, you know, and he killed a nine-foot, seven-inch Goliath, behemoth of a human being. And because of that, because of that victory, he went from a sheep herder that nobody had heard of, that many had overlooked and, and, and cast aside, and suddenly, you know, he is got a million followers on Instagram. Like literally overnight. And the Bible says that when he returned, 
with the head of Goliath, he comes into the city and the ladies began to sing, David has killed his tens, tens of thousands and Saul, who was the king, his thousands. And so he had all this affirmation. He went from unknown to uh, absolutely famous overnight. And these swings were a part of David's life and his ability to navigate these are really remarkable. But as a result of this incredible achievement, um, Saul, the king, becomes jealous. And, and in his jealousy, a spirit of jealousy really came over him. On, on more than one occasion, he tried to kill David, literally tried to kill the servant to the king. David was a servant to the king. He ministered to him. He was a minstrel who would go right into his chambers and help him when he was facing tormenting spirits. And because of this, David uh, had to run away. He had to leave his family. He had to leave his home. He had to leave uh, this incredible opportunity where he went from a sheep herder to a pizza delivery boy to being in the palace before the king. He had to leave all of that. Just imagine how difficult that would have been. And he runs where People go when they're, they're discouraged. He runs into a cave. He goes into a dark place. And when he's in this dark place, at the back of this dark place, he finds a bunch of men in there, a bunch of, the Bible really calls them rejects. That's my modern vernacular for the discontented, for the distressed, for the indebted people. The bad, you know, the broke, the busted were in the back of this cave that David ends up in. And somehow in the middle of that circumstance, somehow in the middle of that situation, he rallies them and they basically want him to be their leader. So no matter where David went, he would always rise to a place of leadership because of his character and because of his walk with God. And they said, we want to follow you. And so he takes them on many excursions and many battles and everything he did and everywhere he went, he found success. But he's no longer with his camp. He's no longer with his team. He's been shunned. He's been, he's been exiled. And so he eventually gets on, he gets a job with a different team. This is like a Red Sox fan becoming a Yankee, everybody. I just want to try to put this into context for you. This is really crazy what happened here. He gets a job with the Philistines. The same, the same crew that had the giant the champion, Goliath, killed by him. Are you guys tracking with how crazy this story is, okay? And so he's with them. He's got a job with them. And then a day comes where he's, first of all, successful. He helps them. He does a great job. They love him for a long, long time. But one day, this day comes where the Philistines go into battle with his old team. The Yankees are going to play the Red Sox. And now we got a situation. Turn to your neighbor and say, we got a situation right here. We got ourselves a situation, okay? And just before they're getting ready to go into battle, the Bible says the captain of the team, the general of the Philistines, he begins to inspect the team, and as he's going down the line, he sees these, these Israelites, these, these Hebrew young men on the team. They must have had, like, tattoos with, like, Red Sox on it or something. Like, he somehow knew these guys are not Yankees. And so he basically says, uh, 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 this can't happen. And they're like, what are you talking about? We've done such a great job. Everything we've done, we've done for the team. No, 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 no. You're fired. And, and the captain, the general, fires David and his men and say, you're out of here. You can't even be here right now. You need to go home. Pack your bags, go home. They reluctantly 
daubered down, sad as could be, discouraged by this experience when they've been so faithful, they've been so fervent, they've done so well, they brought so much success to the Yankees. They, they reluctantly have to go home, and they're on a three-day journey to get home. And listen, when they get home, they get to a place called Ziklag. Everybody say Ziklag. A Ziklag was a kind of a province that was given to them where he could live with his people, with his crew, with his posse, his wives, his kids, all their belongings, all their plunder was there. He gets there, and everybody has gone because the other team, another, another enemy, the Amalekites, had attacked his, his city while he was gone. And they took everything that was important to him. Everyone that mattered to him. Everything that he worked so hard for was taken from him. And on top of that, they burned the city to the ground. Now, just a quick review of David's life. If this isn't dramatic enough, if this isn't discouraging enough, if this isn't, uh, you know, a sad enough story for you, David's whole life was like this. David had experienced more discouragement, more rejection than maybe some of us realize. His, his own father rejects him at the anointing service where who would be the next king? They don't even invite him. All his brothers and family are there. Save David rejected he was rejected later as a pizza delivery boy to the battle lines of cheese and bread that's my modern translation interpretation and he delivers that and while he's there his brother Eliab mocks him ridicules him discourages him accuses him of pride and later after some success his own wife his own wife discourages him and rejects him for the way he worshiped his God. The freedom by which he expressed his faith before God. How many know spousal discouragement can be pretty bad? Don't raise your hand if you're married in the house. It can be though. This is pain. I want you to see father, brother, spouse. Later on, Saul rejects him, tries to kill him. Your mentor your pastor, your boss, your coach. Later on, a general fires him, your employer. And if that's not bad enough, now he's in a cave with these rejects. And they even reject him. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Are you tracking with me right now? So I'm just trying to get you to see, you might be a little discouraged if you were David. And maybe you find some encouragement through his excessive discouragement. <laughs> Let me say a little parenthetical here on this particular thing. I'm going to do another message on this. I don't know when I'm going to do it. But basically, this is something I've studied in the scriptures and I believe with all my heart. That sometimes when there is extreme rejection that you have faced, false accusations, very difficult situations, very discouraging circumstance. I believe this with all of my heart that it is a sign that God wants to do something special through you. <laughs> And if you will respond to that discouragement, and if you will respond to that rejection the right way, God is going to show you that he has an assignment, that he has an opportunity for you to do something great. Are you with me right now? That's another message. Turn your never say, that's another message. But I'm going to be here when he beaches that. Okay. First Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. Here's what I said already, but let's say it again. Now, when David and his men Ziklag came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites made a raid against it. 
against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire. And the wives and the sons and the daughters taken captive. He took captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength. Everybody say strength. They had no more strength to weep. This is a really bad situation. And when these situations happen, you know what it steals? It steals your strength. What you couldn't do before, what you could do before, suddenly now you can't. These are 15, so I could do this all day long, everybody. In fact, I might do it the entire service just to prove a point. The last service, these were 30s. But they moved things around so that I could go all day long. Now, I'm gonna, I, I, I want to reference and relate to these weights often throughout the message. And I just want to encourage you because this is, a, this is a, a participatory experience that maybe you haven't had. Uh, and frankly, I don't know how it will go. But I want to encourage you that if at some point you need to express your faith in some way, I want you to come up here and grab these weights and just work out a little bit, okay? So that's what I'm, I'm giving permission. They're straight up here. They're right here on the floor. If you're doing it wrong, I won't correct you. Uh, I might think it in my head, but I won't correct you, okay? But the Bible says they had no more strength. Everybody say no more strength. The situation was so bad that they cried all the tears that they could possibly cry. There's nothing left. You may have, at some point in your life, faced the situation whereby you lost it. Like a geyser went off inside of you, and you could not contain the tears, and it just came out of you just like, just like a river. And at some point, that river ran dry. Wow. I venture to say there are many people in this room that could say or reference a painful, discouraging wow. rejection or situation in your life where you had nothing left. You cried till there was no more tears. That was the situation right here. And David was, was there as well. And the Bible says David's two wives had been taken. Ahinoam of Jezreel, Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed. He was incredibly upset. He was incredibly discouraged. He was incredibly just overwhelmed with the circumstances. And if that wasn't bad enough, his own team began to rumble and grumble and thought, he thought, and it looked like they were going to stone him and kill him. The Bible says, for the people spoke of stoning him because they were bitter in soul, each for his own sons and daughters. You know that things are bad when the rejects reject you. When, when the people who've been rejected, the bad, the broken, busted people are now on your team and then they're saying, we don't want you anymore. You know things are getting really bad. Right? This is a bad situation. But, but let's put ourselves in those people's situation. And I want to personalize this because I've dedicated to some people in this church. I texted you earlier in the week. What would it be like if you lost your child? Let's make it real for a second, because I'm telling a story, and it's so easy to separate from the story, but for those, for those who've gone through something like that, or for those who can identify with something like that, that's discouragement. That's deep-rooted discouragement. 
how would you behave? See, they were, they were looking for... They were looking for someone to hold responsible. They're thinking in their minds and in their hearts, if we hadn't run with David, if we hadn't been on his team, I'd still have my wife. I'd still have my kids. I'd still have my stuff that I worked so hard for. But because of him, I don't have that anymore. What do you do when you find yourself in a David-like situation? That's my message in a nutshell. You're going to have to get stronger. Because I'm just telling you, there's going to be some situations that come your way. And if they haven't thus far, they are coming your way. And you're going to, learn, you're going to have to learn how to be stronger. Or these things will knock you out. They will knock you off your feet. And you will not be able to handle it because you're not strong enough. Are you with me, everybody? So look what happens. When your dreams are smashed because the team doesn't follow you and don't believe in you. When the miracle that you thought was there and it was coming, it was about, it's just right there and then it was snatched away from you. When life is not going in the direction that you thought it was going to go and it takes a horrible turn. When, when you thought you were healed and you found out you're still sick. What do you do in those situations? Look what the Bible says. I want you to read this with me. I want you to say this with me. Verse 6, it says, but David strengthened himself. Everybody say, strengthened himself. Come on, say it. Strengthened himself. But David, oh, I like that, brother. I want a little bit more of that B3 in this service. Come on. But David, don't, don't go to the Yankee Stadium, but let's stay with, come on, Jesus. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. What I want you to learn from this service today, this is my goal, this is my objective, how to strengthen yourself when you face a David-like situation. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? I'm going to have to work my left arm because I'm getting a pump in my right arm. Praise the Lord. So today's message is it's time to get stronger. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's time to get stronger. Come on, grab their bicep and say, it's time to get stronger. Your biceps need to get a little stronger spiritually. <laughs> I'm feeling good right now. Woo! You know, you know there's that old phrase that says, what, what doesn't kill you, what? Makes you stronger. Come on, somebody. It should. It could. It could make you stronger. But it depends. It depends on us, right? Uh, uh, you guys know I'm a weightlifter. I like to lift weights. I like to pick things up, put things down. I have a really simple sport that I'm a part of. I don't know all that fancy stuff. I just pick stuff up, put it down. I don't do like I used to, but I still do it. And when, one of the things I learned is this: I love resistance training. Resistance training. And there's a spiritual parallel. I'm going here. Otherwise, I wouldn't bring up all these weights. You guys think I'm going to bench press and do military press. No, I'm just I'm trying to make a parallel here to your spiritual lives. Resistance training is critical. There's this term called hypertrophy. And basically what it is is there's different pieces to how muscles grow. See, I work out. I don't work out with 12s for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. I go from 12s, you know, then I get me some 15s. Come on, baby. And then I'm going to go around here. Let's see what else we got here. Come on, somebody. I got me some 30s. Come on, somebody. You guys think I can do some 30s? I got some 30s. That's pretty easy. Yeah, no problem. But I, I don't, I don't want to just stay on 30s. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find myself moving up. Come on, say I'm moving on up. 
I don't know if he can do this one. Oh, yes, he can. We got ourselves some 40s, baby. Here's my go. You don't think I can do a couple more? Yes, I can. You're like, I think he's all done. He ain't done yet. He's getting stronger. Holy smokes. I think he could go for days. You're not supposed to stay the same. In fact, you don't. Because hypertrophy will go to atrophy if you don't exercise your muscles. And see, what happens when you work out is the muscle is actually being damaged. In some cases, in fact, we'll say this in the gym. I'm a gym rat. We'll say, I'm about to destroy my chest. How many gym rats know what I'm talking about right now? I'm about to destroy my quads. Right? Here's the thing. It, 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 you technically, when you go into resistance training, you actually kill your muscles. But if you are good at learning how to repair your muscles, they will be what? They will be what? They will be stronger. Come on, say it. They will be. They will be. They get much. But you got to learn how to repair your muscles. So I'm going to teach you how to repair. Are you with me, everybody? Because I think your job, not my job, is to learn how to train your spirit. I equip you for what you do when you train. But I don't train for you. Woo! Man, 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 man. See, I equip you for the training. I'll give you the program, but you're going to have to work the program. Right? You're going to have to get up in the morning, rise early, and, and pray to God and worship God. You're going to have to get off your blessed assurance and get to church on Sunday morning. You're going to have to be the one that gets yourself into community with other believers and does life with people. You must accept and assume the responsibility to train your own spirit. Everybody say, I'm going into training this morning. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, train yourself. Everybody say, train yourself. Train yourself to be godly. It says physical training is of some value. It's good. Good job, PD. I'm glad you go to the gym every day. But how are you doing spiritually? Are you as godly as you are good at bench pressing? That's what God wants to know. But he says, if you will train your spirit, which is your responsibility, it has value, not only in the life to come, but the Bible says and promises us in this life, in this life. Holding promise, the Bible says, for the things to come, but also the things in this particular life. So how do I get stronger? I'm so glad you asked. Number one, write this down. Are you with me, everybody? Oh, this point, this point, this point. This point's the fire one. This point is you need to learn how to talk to yourself. I need an amen for more than 20 people. You need to learn how to talk to yourself. The Bible says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That word strengthened in the Hebrew, I looked it up, it means it's the word shazak. Chazak. It's like chazam, but it's shazak. It means to talk to yourself. It literally means you say things out of your mouth to yourself. Are you getting the translation here? So if you want to get stronger spiritually, you can't just read a program. You have to speak the program over yourself. 
When your life is jacked up, when your family is messed up, when your wife ain't giving you none, when you're in, come on somebody, when you're in strife with your boss, when your finances are failing, what do you do? You have to talk to your, you have to talk to your, it's your job, it's your job to talk to yourself. Bills racking up. Sickness keeps on coming. Your body isn't working the way it's supposed to. Everything that you're looking at isn't getting better. It's getting worse. What do you do? You talk to yourself. And your problem is sometimes, and I'm going to camp on this one. Your problem is a lot of times we're not talking to ourselves. We're talking to other people that we shouldn't be listening to. You're talking to the wrong people. They don't actually have anything to say that will help you. Job figured that out. Job started talking to his friends. Friends? They did nothing but discourage him. Sometimes, sometimes we have to, sometimes the most important person to talk to is yourself. But you got to learn how to do it the right way, everybody. And I think sometimes we don't know how to talk to ourselves. And so David is in this situation. He's in this unique situation where everybody's trying to kill him they're taking a vote they're taking a vote on should we stone the guy that we were following our leader and then the bible says he offers this three-letter word that's so powerful and i don't know how to translate this with words but the bible says but david strengthened himself in the lord whenever you see a but in the bible god aren't you glad that god inserts his butts in the bible Aren't you glad that sometimes God's got a big old butt in the verse? When there's a butt, that means something's about to shift. Something's about to change. Something that was going this way is now getting ready to go this way because God inserted a butt. Come on, somebody. Can you give him a praise? Thank you, Jesus. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Sometimes you think talking to yourself is crazy. And it could be crazy. And I'd say people that talk back to themselves, they're the crazy ones. It's okay you talk to yourself, but if you're talking back, woohoo! Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, everybody. But it can be a good thing to talk to yourself if you're saying good things to yourself. I've been rebuked by, the, by God because I have said things to myself that I need to stop saying to myself. I make a mistake. Oh, Derek, you're such an idiot. Do you know how many times I've called myself an idiot? It's no wonder I can speak English. I've said it so many times. And the, and the Lord rebuked me. And I'm saying that to you. The Lord rebuke you for not speaking life over yourself and into yourself. You need to start speaking life to yourself. And David didn't in arrogance speak his own words he spoke God's word over himself amen so that means you got to hide the word of God in your heart not just so you can't sin against him that's nice Psalm 119 11 but you hide the word of God in your heart and then you express it out of your heart out of your mouth back over yourself listen this is what David did in Psalm 42 are you guys excited like me Psalm 42 says David speaking soul why are you downcast? Are you getting this? It's like he got outside of himself and said, yo, so, what's the matter with you? Why are you disturbed? Why are you discouraged? 
Why are you so upset right now? David began to speak to himself and then he began to strengthen himself. He said, put your hope in God, soul. Who are you? Put your soul. Are you paying attention to me right now, soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. See, he said he strengthened himself in the Lord his God, meaning he used the word. You need to stand to your feet because I'm going to speak some word over you right now. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So... So you need to listen to what I'm saying right now. I want you to talk to yourself. Romans 8, 37 says, I am more than a conqueror through him. Talk to yourself. If you've got a verse in the Bible right now that you've memorized, I want you to speak it over yourself. If you need to come up here and grab a couple weights to strengthen yourself, this is what we're doing right now. We're strengthening ourselves. Psalm 20, verse 7 says, some trust in chariots. Come on, somebody. Some in horses. But I will remember the name of the Lord my God. Are you with me? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. Who? 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 Who strengthens? Who strengthens? Who strengthens? Who strengthens? Who makes me stronger than I was before? Who builds me up when I'm falling down? Who helps me overcome? Who strengthens? me in Jesus name I thank you God that I am the head and not the tail I am above but not beneath David spoke to his soul he said Psalm 103 bless the Lord soul and all that is within you bless his holy name bless the Lord oh my soul and forget not oh his benefits what does he do he he forgives my iniquity he heals my diseases he redeems me from the pit. He crowns my head. What does he do with mercy and with compassion? He satisfies me with good things so that my strength is renewed like the eagles. My strength. Come on, you need to talk to yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to talk to yourself. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, talk to yourself. Strengthen yourself. Oh, yes, Lord. Who's getting stronger right now? Come on, who's getting stronger? Who's getting stronger right now? I'm getting stronger. I feel, I feel like I can bench press a truck right now. Amen. What's my next point? Write this down. If you take your notes, you may be seated. Somebody give me, uh, do I have my sport coat over there? Hand me my sport coat. I'm about to explode up here. Verse 7. Verse 7, verse 7 says this, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ooh, this is going to be so good. Are you ready for this? My God, my God. You, you're going to play this message a hundred times. I know I am. It says, then David, does it look okay? Okay. I still got a little bit of pride up here. But anyway, we'll get rid of that later. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. What is the ephod? glad you asked it's basically a coat it was a priest's garment that would go over his shoulders and hang a little bit below his waist and the priest would use this coat before he would go into the holy place to gain access to God the priest 
was the one who had access to God. But David modeled something for us that we have now as, the, as a result of what Jesus did for us. We have the rights and privileges of a priest. And so because of what Jesus did, I don't have to go through a priest. I can just put a coat on and I can have all the rights, all the privileges, all the access. Come on, I can put a coat on and I can have the authority of a priest. I can have the anointing of a priest. And I don't need somebody to pray for me. I can go to God all by myself because I have my suit on. I can speak to God about myself to my God because I'm a priest. I have a priestly anointing. Oh my Jesus, I didn't see this coming, Lord. So when you're in a David-like situation, you don't have to wait till next Sunday for somebody to pray for you. You can pray for yourself. I had somebody a couple Sundays ago come up to me and said, Pastor, would you pray for me? They were in a dark, dismal situation. I said, I'd be glad to. They leave. I leave. Next week, they come back. They say, Pastor, I want to thank you. This is Pastor's Confession right here. You ready? I want to thank you for praying for me. God answered your prayers. Amazing things happen. And while they're talking, I'm thinking, I forgot to pray for you. <laughs> I realized something and I told this person something that I'm telling you right now. When you have that priestly garment on, you don't need to wait for some pastor to pray for you. You don't need for some special person to pray for you. You just got to put on your special coat and pray for yourself and he will answer your prayers when you believe to receive it you can intercede for yourself so you need to talk to yourself you need to intercede for yourself number three write this down if you're still with me you got to pray before you say or do a thing verse chapter 8 says david first i put this in there my translation but you can see the sequence is accurate David first inquired of the Lord saying shall I pursue shall I go after him will I win will it work is it going to happen this time see sometimes it doesn't happen sometimes it doesn't work because you didn't pray before you say or before you do you get out ahead of God, you get out ahead of the Holy Spirit, which a lot of Christians do, by the way, including me, and we wonder, wait a second, why didn't it happen? Because you were relying and leaning on your own wisdom, not the wisdom of God. You didn't wait for direction. You didn't wait for permission. You didn't wait for authorization. But if you will talk to yourself, if you will intercede for yourself, if you will pray to God and say, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? Should I pursue? Should I take off? Should I begin to move? And he says, yes, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. And that's not self-confidence. That's God confidence. How many need some God confidence? How many need some of God's strength? I don't need my own strength. For my own strength will wear out. I will become weary in well-doing. But if I trust God, I can go for days. 
I'm having so much fun. Who here wants to recover all? Who's believing God for that? Will you close your eyes? I, wanna, I, I just want to prophesy over you. I want to prophesy over you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There's no accident people are in this room right now. There's no accident. Lord, you prepared me for this. You had a deposit. And now I'm just pouring it out on the people. God, it's your words. It's your words for now. And I'm asking for a transfer. I don't know how to do it. Beyond, Lord, this isn't hype. This is heaven come to earth. And I pray for every person that has suffered loss that has been discouraged Holy Spirit heal right now Holy Spirit heal rejected and suffered from a David like situation Jesus that you would heal hearts that you would heal minds that have been tormented by their own words and the words of others rewire oh God rewire their thoughts in Jesus name your thoughts are higher. Your ways are higher. Teach us your ways. Teach us your thoughts. Lord, I pray for every person in this room that as you restore, that as you refresh, that as you rebuild, that as that happens, they recover all that they have lost. It may look different. It may have a new face. It may experience a facelift, but it is the same. It is the same reward. God has something for them, and he wants all, not some, some suffer accidents, God. I see people who've had accidents. It could be relational accidents and, and injuries suffered. It can be actual accidents and injuries suffered. And in many instances, the Holy Spirit is saying this to some people, in many instances when that has happened, almost never do you get it all back. You have a car accident, you get an insurance check, but it's never the same. God is trying, God wants to say something to your spirit. If you will follow my process for strengthening yourself, if you will assume the responsibility of training your spirit, you shall, listen to me, you shall recover all. You shall recover all in Jesus' name. How many receive that word right now? Put your hand on your heart. Father, stamp this, stamp this word. Stamp this word. Without fail, without fail, make it so. Without fail, make it so. Every promise is conditional, but God, as we, as we receive your word and apply it to our life, without fail, recover all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap. Thank you, Jesus. Can I have a tissue or something? Oh, wait, I got my, I got, I got my preacher cloth here. Okay. I didn't know where that was. Let me teach you two more things and I'll close. The rest of the story, basically, David, now with the permission and direction of God, begins to pursue his enemy, and then, of course, we know what happens after that. But I want to highlight something unique here that is also a part of the process in strengthening and getting stronger, because we all have to get stronger, because many of us are weak in our faith, weak in our convictions, weak in our spiritual roots, weak in our constitutions. God is, God is mandating that you as a follower of God get stronger. But one of the things you're going to have to see is this. Verse 9 says, So David went, he and his 600 men. Remember those people in the cave? It grew to a group of about 600 followers. And they came to the brook Besor, where those stayed who were left behind. Now what happened here, in a nutshell, is about 200 of the 600 stayed at the brook Besor. 
Now, I don't know a lot about this brook. All I got out of it was the brook Besor was a cold place. The waters were cold. Some of you, how, many, how many in this room don't like cold water? Raise your hand. Sometimes to get what God has for you, you're going to have to go through some discomfort. You're going to have to go through some discomfort. Training, resistance training, we have a phrase, no pain, no gain. Some people were not willing in COVID to go through the brook Besor. Some were not willing to go through the cold place. But what happens is some of you are not getting what God has for you because you keep trying to drag the people and pull them along and it's keeping you from what God has for you. You have to leave behind. Come on, somebody. You have to let go of some of them so that you can get stronger and then you can go back to them and save those people. That's what actually David did in the story. You read it on your own. He went back later. But there has to be in some of your lives right now, you are struggling relationally. Some of you are struggling financially. Some of you are struggling with some unequally yoked situation. And God is trying to teach you, you're going to have to leave them at that brook. Stop trying to carry them across. Because you will drown in the process. And you will not be able to reach God's eternal destiny for you. Are you with me, everybody? So, number five, write this down. This is so good. God will provide for you when you do that, the right people at the right time. Oh, to strengthen you. Oh, this is so good. God uses people to heal people. Well, pastor, he uses people to hurt people. I know that. But he uses people to heal people too. He does. That's why you got to get in a group, everybody. That's, what's, what's just, this, that's the lab where you work out what we're talking about right now. This is not enough. You will fail. You will not get stronger. You will not be able to do that many reps if you just live on Sundays. You won't. You'll stay at 15s the rest of your life. In fact, it'll go backwards. As you get older physically, you begin to lose your capacity for muscle. You lose it. And you know what? Spiritually, it's the same way. If you are not getting into relationship and experiencing that spiritual resistance training you are going backwards but if you will god will provide the right people at the right time to strengthen you and david found an egyptian and i'll paraphrase this this is in verse 11 through 15. david comes to this place and there's this egyptian who fought with the amalekites who was there at the city of ziklag when it was all burned to the ground and the amalekites looked at him and said he's sick and they didn't have a no man left behind yeah. policy. Yeah. They just left him there to die. Yeah. And be, by the way, be careful who you leave behind because you don't know how they might help somebody down the road and maybe hurt you in the process. But they left him behind. And David comes up and sees him and feeds him and nourishes him. And the Bible says strengthened him. Yeah. And then he tells him the story. And David says, can you take me to those guys? Those Amalekites, you think you could bring me where they are? As long as you don't kill me, yes. And David, David found where these guys were. And here's what I'm saying. When you do what God says, he will put somebody. He will, come on somebody, put something in your path 
that will bring you to the place that God has for you and help you get back everything that the devil stole from you. Can I have an amen? My God, my God. That's my final point. Would you stand to your feet? Number six, you can get it all back. This is my, this is my little paraphrase. You can get it all back, not some of it. Come on, I want you to believe. I want you to believe with me. I'm not getting some of it back. I'm getting all of it back. I love David, I think, came to a certain place in this process where he just said, you know what? I'm done crying about it. I'm done shedding tears. I am done being depressed. I am done. It's time to move on. It's time to put that behind me. I am moving forward. And not only that, I'm going to go get my wives. I'm going to go, let's not get into that too much, multiple wives. But anyway, that's another story. I'm going to get my family. I'm going to get my kids. I'm going to get my stuff. I am going to get it all back. And God, when you follow this process, he's not going to give you some of it. Turn your neighbor and say, he's going to give you all of it. Come on, say, I'm going to get all of it back in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm done. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. It's transformational. The word is living and active. If we live and act on it, I pray somehow, some way, I don't know. This literally, again, time capsule. It, it just, guys in this room feel like they just were born again, again. Women in this room were so inspired to greatness. Vision is burgeoning in their hearts and in their minds. Young men and young women are seeing dreams and visions. People are getting fired up in this church. This place, this place will be a place where people will be healed. People who come in that are discouraged and rejected and they will find strength. And we, as we go out, are making a commitment. Come on, agree with me, church, that we will own the training of our own spirit. Now, if you are far from God, if you know that you are disconnected from God and you want to get right with God, I'm not going to just mess around and give you a bunch of stories. If you know you're not right with God and you want to get right with God, during this worship song, I want you to come right down to the altar right now. Get out of your seat. Come down to the altar. The anointing is here. If blood is in your veins... And you, this is your opportunity to get right with God. You want to get right with Him. You don't want to, you don't want to live a mediocre life, a lukewarm life, a, you know, a Krispy Kreme life, a comfort life. You want to be strong in the Lord. Come on, come on. Now, worship team, you can come behind me right now. We're going to go back into that song. I'll pray for people that are far from God, that are down here. And then, and then, guys, make a plan after church today to go get in a small group. Flood, flood the common. Overwhelm my staff. I give you permission to literally overwhelm my staff with your requests. Okay, we'll figure it out. We will. It's going to change your life. This can be your best year if you put God first. You want to make it your best year? Put God first. You want to make it your best year? Let's get into training. Let's get a little bit stronger in Jesus' name. Can I have an amen? Come on, let's give Lord a big praise.